Man, I am glad to be here. If you're watching online, this is a youth group. It is not a dance club. If you looked up Elevate Dance Club, this is a youth group, okay? So this is the youth group. If you, is this your first, no one here has been here for the first time, so there's really not that much need for an introduction, right? How many, here were la- here, how many people here were here last week? Raise your hand. Okay, so we had a lot of people. Praise God, right? Now, last week, right, what did we talk about? The one, right? More specifically, right, the point of the message was how Jesus left the 99 to find the, the one, right? And I made a challenge to you, and I felt like God had put it on my heart for you to find one, to find one person, right? To leave your group and find one person. How many of you did that this week? Okay, that's no, that's like two you tried. Okay, I like that. But here's the thing, right? Can you put the life group slide on? Life group slide. So listen, we are having a kind of a hype night, at hype this Friday. I mean, next, like this is Friday. The last Friday of this month, okay? So the last Friday of this month, I, we are not having no gimmicks. We're not giving anybody any more tablets. We're not giving away any gift cards. What I'm going to give your friends that you bring this Friday is the gospel for 40 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm going to give them the gospel for 30 minutes. So listen, at the end, right, of this month, if you are desperately trying to reach out to your friends, your family, and and let's say you haven't even been trying, and you're like, man, dude, if only they can just get their answers, there's questions answered, all this stuff happening, I'm going to have 30 minutes to go into detail with just the gospel, who Jesus is, the one, right? So you have to get the one, okay? Now, we preached a message last week that I was even convicted about. Some of the leaders came to me, and they said they were convicted about, and I'm just surprised that only two people rose their hand. Two people rose their hand. Only two people rose their hand. They didn't try to find one person, which makes me think that you don't care. Now, here's the thing. It's not about whether or not people come to church. It's whether or not people come to Christ. That's the thing I'm trying to get to, you, to get across your mind. But if you are living this religious lifestyle we constantly blast and elevate, then guess what? You're going to get rebuked today, okay? And then you're going to get rebuked next week, and then the next week, until the very last week. And then guess what? Finally, you're going to understand that this stuff is real. An atheist once said, if the gospel is actually true and all of what Christianity says, all the premises that they have is true, I would crawl across the United States, the Western Hemisphere, and tell everyone the gospel, even if my my knees were bleeding. She said, I'm paraphrasing her, but this is an atheist. She said, if she believed what we believed, she would be desperate. She'd be desperate. But yeah, I see no desperation from you. I see comfort. All I see is the 99 chilling with the, chilling with the other sheep like we are talking about last week. All I see is some American-type Christianity putting your sports. Listen, I am not your parents. I can't tell you to put God above sports, but if you're putting sports above God, you got an issue. I'm not your parents, so I can't tell you that your curriculum, right, literally your 4.0 GPA, your 3.5 GPA is literally garbage compared to God, uh, God's GPA if he had one, right, and you need to start making disciples. I can't tell you that, right, and, and have you do it, but what I can tell you is that that's what Jesus is saying, Okay. So what we're talking about here is not just for this pizza party for your life group. At the end of the month, get to work. Work for the gospel. Work with the gospel. Work with Christ. Get it done. It's not like it's going to get you to heaven. Don't don't think like that. I'm not saying you do this, you're saved. What I'm saying is if you are saved, you'd be desperate to see people saved. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But 
If you can go to the sermon side, please. We're continuing our sermon series, the one last week we spoke about leaving the 99 for one, right? I already asked you if you did that. A lot of you said no. That's saddening. I, I, I want to tell you uh, that the, the, literally there will be nothing, no gimmick whatsoever at the end of the month. So if you're like, hey, man, you know, come to our church. We got a pizza party. We're doing that. Can't do it this time. Maybe another time. This time, literally, preach to them. Preach to them. Bring them to this church. If you got to tell them, hey, spend the night this Friday, do that. Be creative. God will give you words to say. I want to see your friends saved. You want to see your friends saved. Bring them here, right? So here's the thing. Today, we are going to be talking about the one that, what does it say right here? The one that. See, I think literally we can all relate to that in some way. The one no one wants. I feel like many of us have been there at certain times of our lives where we feel like no one wants us. And if you are a very popular person, you probably can't relate to that. So let's say you've probably seen the person that no one wants. Let's say, you know, it'd be the, the poor kid that smells really bad and you're always talking about him how he smells bad. Let's say the kid that doesn't really speak English, Right. So you kind of make fun of him, you know. That was kind of like when I was growing up in grammar school. There's this one kid couldn't speak English. Everyone made fun of him. And he actually did better than me in the math portion of the ISATs. And I was like, dang. And literally everyone roasted me about that. But literally no one wanted to be his friend. I felt bad. I tried to be his friend, but I, I really couldn't I really couldn't understand what he was saying. So I kind of just gave up. But that's the problem too. You know, he, no one wanted him. And then, and then we have maybe the people that are like, that they, they don't want that person. Like, they're pushing that on that. Like, I really don't want that person. Uh, we all know people like that. Uh, for an example, right, there's the, the Pharisee that really was treating the tax collector like that. The tax collector, no one liked the tax collector. So no one wanted him. Just to give you guys an example of how this continues to this week. So what I'm saying here is that Jesus wants the one that no one wants. So who wants the no one that... The one that no one wants, it's a little hard to say, but who wants the one that no one wants? That's Jesus. So Jesus wants that person. And we're going to learn, we're going to dig into that today. Uh, if you could put on John 5, uh, 1 through 15. So we're going to be reading a little bit today. Everybody say, reading. Just like that, though, just like that. Like that. That's how I sound. I just kind of want to learn. <laughs> how do I sound to you guys? I know. I know. Josie got a good impersonation of me. Uh, probably some of you guys can ro roast me a little bit behind my back. It's okay. But here's the thing, right? We're gonna get to reading the Bible because the Bible actually is good, and it's not just for church. But we are reading it in church. But I just want to encourage you guys to read the Bible. So, how many of you guys have a phone right now? I want you to. I want you to open the Bible app, right, or your Bible, okay? I want you to open it, and I want you to come with me to John. And if you don't have a Bible and you want one, right, let's say you want one so bad right now, how about you raise your hand and one of our awesome ushers, right? Uh, raise your hand, ushers. There's Yastiello. Where's my other usher? Josh? Well, Josh is there. They will get you a Bible, right? We have about five. Uh, Turn to John 5, 1 through 15. That's right. If you're streak, I'm helping out your streaks right now, okay? If you're there, say, I, Captain. If you're there, say, elevate. What, what? See, it's, it's weird when I say it now. <laughs> but okay, right? 
So I'm going to be reading from right here. Uh, sometime later, right? Everyone, everyone, if you're, you, I heard aye, aye, captain, so let's be quiet. Let's respect the word of God. Let's read it. So sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, okay? That was like a party that they did in remembrance of what God brought them through. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, okay? And which is surrounded by five culminates, okay? Columnates. Now, we'll get through what that word means. Here, a great number, number of disabled people used to lie. Go ahead if you can just transition. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the one who was... Uh, so, wait, let me, let me pull this up because I don't even have my glasses. That's not really wise, so... I should have a Bible, right? That's what I should have. If I can have either Josh or someone give me a Bible, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Josh. Everybody say, thank you, Josh. It's always good to say, please and thank you, because if you don't, you're kind of rude, because no one really needs to do anything for you. But, right, <laughs> going off of that, right, John 5, 1 through 15, uh, we come through the festival, right? Jesus, he goes there. There's a pool named Bethesda, which is surrounded and covered by culminates, right? Now, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid, been an invalid for 38 years. I know they're using a bunch of words. He's just like, why is that used in that context? We'll get to that, right? So when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid uh, replied, I have no one to help me. Gets into the pool. Wait, let me just catch that. I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Did exactly what Jesus said. The day on which that took place was a Sabbath. Another word that will I'll help you understand. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. But he, uh, so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. The man who was healed had no idea, and later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again, stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. So a lot of stuff's going on in here. How many people have read the Bible for that long in a while? Y'all want to raise your hand. I <laughs> try to catch you guys. It's all right if you raise your hand. Just be honest. It's good to read the Bible. If you haven't read the Bible like that in a while and you've used to, you're used to reading the verse of the day, it's good to read the whole passage, right? Right, Lily? Right? She, she, we went to Bible college together. She's big on context. She is a theologian, a scholar. If you got Bible questions, she's your, she's your woman, right? Not girl, woman of God, right? So raise your hand, Lily. That's Lily. I don't want you guys thinking I'm just talking to some random person out there. Then end up going to like, you know, uh, Marco and calling him Lily. You know, that's Lily. So, right? Some things that I want you guys to understand, first and foremost, why the heck are people chilling by the pool 
waiting to be healed. Like, why the heck? Like, y'all don't go to Norwich pool being like chilling there. Like, I got a fever. Someone's like, dude, you've been, you haven't jumped in the pool in a while. Why, why, why aren't you jumping in? I'm waiting for someone to pick me up and put me in there. I got a fever. Like, we don't wait by Jefferson Park Pool, especially Jefferson Park Pool. You might catch some diseases up in that show. I'm joking. Or we don't go to Montrose Beach knowing, dang, right, there ain't no healing there. We know for sure there ain't no healing in Montrose Beach, right? So why are they in this pool where people go in regularly? I mean, think about who's there. You got the, you got, you got the lame, you got the poor, poor. No, John 5, 5 through 9. 5 through 9. John 5, 5 through 9. That's what I meant by separate, my good friend. So John 5, if you guys have your, your Bibles, right? So John 5, 5 through 9 says this, one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and began to walk. So understand here that that man had been there for a long time, okay? Jesus saw, missed probably like a bunch of paralyzed people, a bunch of lame people, people that probably had uh, uh, what at that time was a big issue, leprosy, which made your skin like turn into bumps and you became to, you, you almost looked like, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever played Last of Us. Anybody remember the zombies there? You almost look like a, you got these bruises, these big bumps. You look disfigured. You don't look really human. And then they would consider you impure. So you have a bunch of people there that are sick, dying, diseased, poor, just all there. And Jesus is walking there, literally. Like, you know, there's a festival going on. Jesus is walking here. Some of us are afraid to step foot into the west side. You know, Jesus was like, nah, I'm, I'm in this place. I'm not scared. Walks in there with all these people, notices the one that was just there, the one. He notices one person in that crowd. This person was not wanted. This person was not helped. People just left him there. He had been sick for, according to here, let's see, I believe I read 34 years. Let me just make sure I don't want to lie to you guys. If you have the answer, just shout it out. How long was he there? Oh, he was there, had been invalid for 38 years. The reason why it says invalid, right? Think about this. It says invalid. He was invalid for 38 years. He, what it really means is just sick, weak, right? So he was really unable to work. He wasn't a productive citizen. This man was invalid. I know that's pretty harsh, you know, especially nowadays. We're like, hey, man, we take care of our sick. You know, we have health care benefits and everything. Back in the day, there ain't no health care. No Obamacare, right? Caesar didn't care. Caesar doesn't care. <laughs> no one knows the Austin Powers. So, so, right, Obamacare wasn't there. Caesar didn't care. That man was stuck there. I didn't mean that. But he was stuck, sick. Didn't matter, right? It didn't matter that he needed to get into the pool. Everyone was jumping in front of him. And Jesus, right, he comes in. He sees him. And this is what he asked him. He, he asked him a simple question. What did Jesus ask him? What did Jesus ask him? Do you want to get well? Tell me, Daniel, if you were, if you had cancer, right? And I said, do you want to not have cancer? What would you say? Yes or no? I said David, right? My bad, David. David, my bad. Daniel's not here. David, right? 
if someone, if you had cancer and someone gave you the cure to cancer and said, do you want to get well, would you accept it? Yeah, right? But let's say you didn't trust that guy. You were like, oh, I don't know. I can't get through my chemo sessions and all that stuff. I can't, I can't do this. You know, my mom's, or maybe you had the fever, right? And someone's like, do you want to get well? And you're like, man, my mom told me that uh, since we ran out of Vicks, you know, I can't really feel better until the next two months. I got to just wait it out, you know? And, and so this man, instead of saying, yes, I want to get well, heal me, heal me, right? He refers to the superstition. He refers to the superstition. He says, no one is helping me get into the pool, sir. So he understands that Jesus, a Jew, is not sick, not poor, not, nothing really wrong with Jesus. He looks like an average man, tells him, sir, I can't get in the pool. How am I supposed to be healed, basically? Everybody knows that's kind of dumb. Don't you know who Jesus is? Right? We, we, we think that, right? Jesus is, if you don't know, Jesus is the healer, right? The Bible in Exodus, if you can go there right now, and Psalms, go to Exodus first. We're going to read that. Then we're going to go to Psalms. I want you to understand that Jesus is the healer. So Jesus heals people. It says right here, he said, if you listen carefully, this is Moses speaking about the Lord. If you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on any of you the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So if we can go to Psalms now, I want you guys to understand, he's the healer. Lord, the Lord my God, David speaking, not that David, Bible David. The, the Lord my God, I called you for help and you healed me. So here's the thing, Jesus is the embodiment of the healer. He is the healer. He is God in the flesh walking around healing people of diseases. And he asked someone, do you want to be made well? That's the way you think he would say that's what you would think he would, that's what you think he would say. Yes, I want to be hit, I want to be healed. I want to I want to feel better. I want I want to be able to walk and and jump and do what I can to to live. But he refers to the superstition. Now, here's the thing. I know I'm not looking at anybody in a wheelchair right now. Right? I'm not looking at anybody uh, that I know with some type of uh, chronic illness, right? I'm not looking at anyone that's blind or paralyzed, but some of you do need to be made well. That's, that's the truth. So this is what happens when Jesus asks some of you, do you want to be made well? You're saying, no, nah, I got to go to church to feel better. I'm working on myself. I'm, I'm doing better. Let me, let me, listen, my mama said, you, you referred to what your mama said, you hear wisdom. Oh, uh, my mama said, as long as I do good, and gro- do good in my school and listen to her, I'll be made well, right? Hey, man, you know, I know I'm good. I just got to work on myself a little bit. Maybe if I just do better with my mouth and what I say, you know, we refer to our superstitions. We start to think, hey, man, if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll be made well. And we tell Jesus our plan, and he's the whole time, he's the healer. Now, a lot of you guys don't understand what I mean by healed. There's actually a disease that all of humankind has, right? It's called sin. It's called sin. This disease spreads from generation to generation. This disease is kind of like STDs. Once you have it, you can't really get rid of it. And if someone's with you, guess what? Best believe when you have a kid, they're going to have it. (laughs) That's just the truth. You were born a sinner. You were born into sin. Your mom, your dad, they gave birth to you. They gave birth to a sinner, right? 
So here's the thing. How do you get made well? Is it, is it doing as much good as you can? Huh? But then here's the thing, right? You may think, I'll just stop doing what's wrong. But guess what? This sin, just like every disease, it has consequences. It has things that affect you, right? So you say to the, to the guy that says, do you want to be made well? When Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Jesus, I'm depressed. Jesus, man, I have anger issues. I can't be made well. Jesus, don't you know, I go to church every day, I pray every day, I've tried the religious thing, nothing good for me happens. Maybe you say, hey, listen, Jesus, I'm going to college, right? I'll be made well there, I'll have meaning in life, I'll have purpose, I'll get my career, that'll give me some worth. Oh, Jesus, I'll be made well, I got this girl coming through, man, we've been talking for a while, we got a good relationship, got some good things happening. Whole time is Jesus saying, do you want to be made well? This is, these are all your excuses. Now, again, just like this man, right, he didn't really have excuses. He just didn't know who he was talking to. He didn't know that literally the healer was standing right in front of him. He didn't know that. But then here's some of us today, we believe that we know that, that we know the healer. We know the healer, but then some of you are still stuck in depression. Some of you are still stuck in your sin. Some of you have yet to be healed of all the problems that your sin gave you. Like, for example, if you were a sinner just like me, right, before I had issues, addictions, all these things that literally happened because of my sin choosing to sin, and I could not get rid of those things. I tried the church thing. I, well, the whole time I'm claiming to know Jesus, I tried the church thing. I tried, I tried maybe like, you know, looking for, for advice on, on uh, Google. I tried listening to other people's advice, asking people older than me. I even looked to my friends. Maybe they would heal me, right? I looked for healing everywhere. I looked for my Bethesda pool everywhere for some temporary healing. But that's all it ever came to be, temporary healing. It never lasted long. And this is the same for a lot of you guys. You smoke some weed. It's good. You're high. But then all of a sudden, within a couple hours, maybe some of you, your high doesn't last long anymore because you smoke so much weed. It's gone moments. It's temporary. Some of you guys drink, and you're like, hey, man, I'm getting drunk. It's okay. As long as I'm feeling better, I like to numb the pain away. Temporary healing. Some of you guys surround yourself with lots of people. Because you're like, man, this is my healing. But the minute you get alone, you're as depressed as ever. Sin is just at your door. It's eating you alive. People aren't there to help you. People aren't there to be your healer. Some of you may surround yourself with church as, as well. You do a lot of things. Man, I, if, I, if I evangelize as much as I can, I know I'll feel better. I'll feel less guilty. I'll be healed. doesn't work. It's temporary. Man, let me just come to Elevate. I still don't feel good. Let me just come to life through. Man, let me just come to Sunday. Still am not healed. Did some of you guys, and this is this actually, I think, quite frankly, a lot of people in this generation, they turn to apathy. Like, apathy is my healer. I, I'm, I just won't care anymore. But that itself is even temporary because then when faced with situations where you have to care, you have to face the sinful self that you, you are, you understand all that those things were temporary. So don't, don't mock the guy who's sitting on a mat, right, who hasn't walked in 34 years when you've been stuck in your sin for as long as you can breathe. You've been stuck there the whole time. But this is what Jesus said to that man, right? If we can go to verse uh, 8, I believe. 
This is what Jesus said to that man who's been there for 34 years. Right? This is kind of crazy. This is, this is insane. Now he says, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. How many people would go to a person in a wheelchair and say that by, by a raising of hands? How many people would do that? Would you guys go up to a wheelchair, a person in a wheelchair, and then all of a sudden tell that person to get up? No, you would actually be kind of rude, right, according to some people. You'd be like, can't you see this person can't walk? Can't you see this person's been paralyzed for as long as I've known him? Can't you see this dude has literally been in this same wheelchair every day for his whole life? This is what Jesus said to that man. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. We go to the next verse. We find out what exactly happened. What was the, sp- what was the response? Well, you find out at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. You see, Jesus just simply had to say, get up, get up, walk. And the man was able to. So this is my question to you. Are you healed? Have you been healed by Jesus? Have you been healed by the Son of God, the one who is the healer? Have you? Are you still stuck in your mat? Are you still waiting for someone to pick you up when no one's coming? Are you still waiting? Because Jesus is calling out to you. He's he's saying, get up and walk. He's telling you. He's not just telling you. He's not just giving you advice. This was a command. See, this is, this is, you want salvation? Do you want joy in your life? You could ask them that. Because that's exactly what Jesus went to the man who literally no one bothered to help. He went to him and he asked him, do you want to be, do you want to be healed? And if you haven't done that, if you've just been walking around in life, literally minding your own business, ignoring the person that, do, that literally needs healing while you know the healer, And just ignoring them, you need to repent. You need to go up to that person and tell them the good news. So if we can go to the next verse, listen, and and, and dude, it wasn't just a one-time thing, like all of a sudden his story is over. You know, he's the guy who got up and walked. But after he got up and walked, I mean, how would you be? You were were literally, some of you guys say, yeah, I was saved. You look dead to me. I, 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 I wish I could bring all of you aside and just tell you to your face, do you want to be healed? Because you look dead. You've never met Jesus. You've never met Jesus in your life. You've never seen the love of God. You've never been healed. You're just still stuck on your mat. How crazy would it be if someone in a wheelchair, right, was, was talking to you and he was like, hey, man, dude, I was running track the other day, and, man, I tripped on a stone. And you know what, man? I got right back, and I continued to run while he's on his wheelchair. While he's on his wheelchair. This man can't walk. You would look at him like he's crazy. Then some of you guys say, man, dude, I'm struggling with the same old sin, pornography. Man, you know, I got, I'm lying all the time. Oh, I, I love to put things before God, man. I don't know really what to do. You know, I, I just smoked weed last week. I couldn't help it. And you're telling me I'm sa- you're saved. I'm looking at you like, bro, you still on your mat. You haven't got up and walked yet. You still the same paralyzed dude you were when you walked into Elevate. That's where you are. The whole time, Jesus is the only option. He's telling you, get up and walk, but you want to stay on your your behind, just chilling there. So that's what I'm telling you, right? 
If you're that person, Jesus came to heal you. If you know those people, Jesus is calling you to tell them about the healer. But, right, Jesus, after healing the man, if you can go to John 5, 10 through 15, this is what it says. If you're in your Bibles, read along. It says, then on the day... Uh, <clears throat> Then the day on which that took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. So the man sees him healed, and he tells him, hey, dude, you're breaking the religious rules, right? And he says, so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you? Wait, and then the, but he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. But he replied, who is this fellow that told you this, to pick up the mat and walk? Who told you this? So this is just a crazy interaction that they had. There, here's this man that has been paralyzed for 34 years. He picks up his mat. He's walking around with it, probably doing some like hopscotch. He's probably like just jumping randomly, you know what I'm saying? Just like dancing everywhere, right? This man hasn't walked in so, walked in so long, picks up his mat, and this is what the Pharisees do. This is what the religious people do. They start to say, bro, why are you, wearing, why are you walking around with that mat? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? Like, just think that. Get that through your mind. These people, right, were so judgmental, right? They were so used to this man being on his mat, and they were so used to the religious customs that they told him, you got to go. They basically were telling him, you got to go back there. Get back on your mat. Get back on your mat. And you're probably, you're probably wondering, that's, that's foolish. That's crazy. Hey, listen, I'm about, to, I'm about to wake you up to this, okay? When Jesus saved us, right? There were many times we can relate to where people were like, why aren't you doing the same thing you used to do? Hey, I remember having one conversation with my friend last year, and I was telling him about how, what God has done in my life. And, you know, he interrupts me, and he says, dude, I miss the old you. I miss when you were depressed. I miss when you were angry. I miss that, Joe. You should go back to that, Joe. That way we can be friends. That way we can get along. I'm like looking at my mat that I'm carrying. I'm like, heck nah, bro. That's, this, that's, that's the old me. But some of us, right, we may, we may feel tempted. We may feel like, man, dude, you know, these people, right, are my friends. And, and literally, they're telling me that I should go back to my mat. I should go back to the old life I was living. And this is what I want to let you guys know, that when you are healed, right, your friends will probably not care. Your family will probably not care. They'll probably miss you when you were paralyzed. Because these people were like, hey, man, dude, you were obeying the religious customs. You just sat on your mat during Sabbath. That's good. But Jesus doesn't care about customs that you go through, your traditions. I know a lot of us, we are, we, you know, some of us may come from Catholic backgrounds where it's like you got to kiss the rosemary, you got to do all these things. But guess what? Jesus does not care about religious traditions. The rosemary can't heal you. Jesus is the healer. So when, when you say, hey, listen, I don't do that anymore because I know Jesus can heal me. It doesn't, belong, it doesn't matter for a tradition. They might tell you to go back to tradition. When your family used to get drunk playing dominoes every night, and they start to tell you to, to come with them and, and enjoy the drunkenness of your family, right? You, don't, you say, no, nah, I don't do that anymore. I've been healed. They, they want you to go back now. They're saying that's not tradition. That's not what we do. And this, I, say this to say, I say that to say this, that 
Jesus uh, did not care that he was healing where he wasn't supposed to or the day he wasn't supposed to. Jesus doesn't care if he's healing you and taking away the sin that brought you joy with the friends that sinned with you. He doesn't care. He wants you to get up and walk. Jesus doesn't care about the extra stuff. So this is what I'm telling you to you. You shouldn't care either. You shouldn't care either. They might even say, good for you, but I wish you could do this. It doesn't matter what they say. Jesus has healed you. Now, here's the thing that happens that's pretty interesting. I want you guys to understand is that when the man replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk, he didn't know who Jesus was at all at that point, okay? Jesus cured him. He didn't know it was Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. He didn't know his name. But he was definitely telling people about Jesus. We keep on reading. It says right here, the man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away uh, into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So this is what happened after he said that. It says right here, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. It was Jesus. I mean, he went away. He, he didn't just say, okay, man, I know it's Jesus. I'm going to continue to live my life. No, he told everybody. He told everybody. He was saying, you know what? Dude, I know. They're like, man, bro, you're walking. What the heck just happened? Man, you're smiling for the first time. You have joy for the first time. Man, you ain't smoking no more. You're not drinking. You're not cussing. What is different about you? Why are you? How are you able to do this? Are you going to say, man, I started going to church more and I started doing religious things. Oh, man, you know, I've been just watching how I was talking. No, you're going to be like this man. He said, Jesus made me well. He told me to get up, pick up my mat and walk, and I did it. He cured me. He healed me. See, the man didn't care about the Sabbath. He didn't care that he was at school. And this is what I'm going to tell some of you guys today. Some of you guys are not even Christians at school. Some of you guys are deaf, and the minute you get to school, you put, your, you put the power of the Holy Spirit in your back pocket and the fear of man in your front pocket, and you just, you just put, no, you put that on your ID, and you walk around with it. You're scared. You're scared of the one who made you well. We just had a whole sermon series about fearlessness, or how to be fearless, and some of us are still fearful of, the one, of talking about the one who made us well. And I want to tell you right now, it doesn't matter where you're at, whether it be in your school and let's get even more specific in your school. Let's say it's your, it's your cafeteria. Let's say it's your classroom. Let's say wherever it's at, the hallway, you should be ready to tell people who made you well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now all of the things, you, all the superstitions that people believe. It doesn't matter all the traditions people believe. It doesn't matter what people believe about you. There's one who is able to make you well. And he did it. You should tell others about it, just like this man. And here's the thing, right? Some of you guys don't understand how serious it is to do stuff in the Sabbath. You're thinking, oh, that's easy. I mean, he's able to walk. He's telling people. Listen, it was illegal to do things in the Sabbath. If you did it, you were stoned. You were literally stoned. They took rocks, they picked it up, and they threw it at you. And guess what? In Israel, they sometimes might do that. They may feel the urge to do that. That's what they did. So this man's risking on the Sabbath, telling everyone, walking around, doing the work of God, telling people, Jesus has made me well, even if he was going to be persecuted. So what I know there's also something I want to let you guys know, that 
when Jesus went to tell them, see, you are well, you see, Jesus is, is, is literally making sure that he understands this isn't no temporary healing. What many people did was when they came from that pool to see if they were healed, they went to the priest. They went to the priest and they started asking him, priest, am I healed? Am I healed? Am I all right? Am I good? The priest would then inspect them, tell them whether they were healed or not. So that man's over there. He's probably in the synagogue. He's like, hey, I need a fact check on this, man. You need to make sure I'm healed, man. Like, do you see that still there? Is it still there? And you know what? Jesus goes over there. He finds him. He says, see, you are well. Now stop sinning. You see, you've been healed now. There's no doubt about it. You've been healed. There's no doubt about it. If we go to Matthew 18, 7, 9, you've been healed. There's no doubt about it. And you need to make sure that you believe that. Because if you don't believe that, guess what? That second part where Jesus said, a lot of us, we like to feel good. So, you know, we go on that app called A Sprinkle of Jesus. Anybody ever seen that app? I don't know. That's the most heretical app I've ever seen in my life. Please get off that app if you are in this youth group. I need you to stop. That will lead you to, to astray. This is what Jesus said, right? So he talks to the man. Why the heck is he saying stop sinning or something worse will happen to you, right? Why, why is he saying that? Well, it says right here, Matthew 18, 7 through 9, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Anybody ever been running and they tripped and fell? Well, it says in the Bible that we're all running this race, right? You got TJ, right? He looking extra fierce doing it, you know? You got Oscar, he's smiling the whole way, right? And then, and then you got Will, right? He looking all swole doing it, you know? But we're all running the run, the race. But here's the thing. What happens if we stumble, right? It's because we tripped on something. Something caught us up. And it says to woe to, people, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person that though whom they, uh, woe to the person who they come to. I know that sounds kind of weird, but woe basically to the person and it, when it says woe, it's like, oh, how sad. How sad for the world because of the things, and how sad for someone that stumbles. Why is it saying that? Well, it says right here, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, right? So if all of a sudden Will's like, hey, man, I got a hand here. Oh, trip, fall. No, that's not what he's talking about here. Listen, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to be sent to hell, than to have two hands or two feet be thrown into eternal fire. If your eye causes you to stumble, hold up. Is this the Bible we're reading? Is this the Bible? Is the Bible literally telling us to cut off our limbs now? Is it telling us to gouge out our eyes, take your mama's favorite spoon and just gouge it out? And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to answer life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See, here's the thing here, right? Jesus healed this man. He healed him for sure. Like, he's telling him, you're healed. You're good. But guess what? If you keep sinning, oh, there's going to be a lot worse for you than crippling, than, paraly than being paralyzed. You see right here, this is what Jesus always had in mind. A lot of you guys, I, 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 something God was telling me during, uh, last week was a lot of people, they want heaven. They just don't want Christ. They want healing. They don't want depression anymore. They want joy, but they don't want Christ. See, they want to feel good when they come up to the altar, but they don't want Christ. You see, a lot of you guys, I, I've talked to many of you guys, and I've walked you through the gospel, and I've told you about heaven, and a lot of you are so excited, like, yeah. Or you guys are so certain, like, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, do you want Christ? 
See, that's when it's, there's a whole different implication with that. That's a whole different question I'm asking you. See, this man, when he, when he said, do you want to be made well? I'm pretty sure if he knew that was a healer, he would say yes. But then if he said, do you want to follow me? There would be a different, there would probably be a different answer. Not for him, but for someone else. You see, a lot of you guys have said like some type of sinner's prayer. You've said you've confessed your sin, Right? But, all I see, I, but what I say to you and what many other people will say to you when they see your life is woe to you. Woe to you. You were healed. You were healed, but you kept sinning. You came. You were excited. You're like, man, I was depressed. Well, we had one person who came here, was on drugs. He went back to everything. He emptied his drugs, though, when he came to Jesus. But guess what? He went right back to that lifestyle. He went right back to his mat, said, you know what? I don't care if I'm crippled. I'm sitting down on my mat. I don't care if I'm not crippled. I don't care if I'm healed. See, it's, it's woe to you, to the people who do that. Woe to you. When you all of a sudden get this healing, when, you, when all of a sudden Jesus saves you, and you begin to stumble, and you don't cut things off. Jesus isn't talking about hands. I know a lot of you guys are scared. Some of you guys are looking at your hands like, I got to cut these things off. Some of you girls are looking at your eyes. I got to cut these things off. I'm not telling that. But Jesus is using what's called in, in literature a hyperbole. He's using exaggeration. He's trying to help you understand the, ne- the, the severity of what he's saying. Hell is real. It's so real that if your hand causes you to stumble, if your eyes causes you to stumble, you might as well gouge it out and go to heaven like One-Eyed Willie or Captain Hook. It's better than that than to go to hell with all your body coming out looking like LeBron James. If LeBron James don't repent, that's six foot eight of a man going to hell. It doesn't matter. Jesus is telling him the severity. Yes, you've been made well. Yes, you can walk, but you need to repent. And here's the thing, right? Have you, since if you've been healed, right? Do you believe that Jesus can heal others? We've talked about that. But listen, if you've been healed, are you stumbling now? Are you stumbling now? Have you said, Jesus healed me? I'm happy. I'm the most go-lucky Christian. Grace, I'm a sin. God forgives me. I just repent. And you're, you're what our pastor says, going through the merry-go-round of sin your whole life. No, that is not right. You need to gouge out whatever in your life is causing you to stumble. Gouge it out. The one who wasn't wanted, who knew Jesus wanted him and healed him, he was sure to not stumble. How much do you want to bet if some dude healed him, some dude healed you and he said, hey, man, listen, start buying Chick-fil-A every day. You probably go to Chick-fil-A every day. It doesn't matter the commandment. Jesus healed him, and he told him to stop sinning, so he did it. Now, here's the thing, right? After this, after this happens, in John 5, 15 through 17, this is what happens, right? Ver- actually, go to verse 16, please. It says, if you're reading along, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, right, in his defense, Jesus said to him, my father is always at work to this very day, and I am too working. For this reason, they tried the more to kill him. Not only, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling his, God his father, making himself equal with God. So what I want to focus on is real quick, Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. He, after he healed someone, right, he was then persecuted. Literally, someone hated Jesus, started to threaten his life because he healed someone. This is the Jesus I have to tell you that we serve. That he was literally healing others 
while he was healing others, people were plotting to take his life. A lot of you guys are like, how does that apply to me? Listen, I want to let you guys know, right? A lot of you guys look kind of dead in this service. We're about to cut off the word real quick. I want to branch off to this. A lot of you guys just don't care about the word of God. I should be so honest. If I, if I had to make everything applicable to you, you know what I'd be preaching? Your life story. And I'm telling you, every one of you, not my life story, not your life story, no one's life story matters. And here's the thing. Some of you guys may think, oh, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Listen, you come every week saying you don't understand it. We have leaders that are willing to help you every moment. A lot of you guys look so dead reading the Bible. No wonder you guys are in sin. That's just the truth. Listen, you're never going to live a victorious life if you don't crack open the Bible. So if you don't understand, right, go home, read the Bible, then maybe you'll understand it. Google, there's this thing called Google. We don't understand how to win at Fortnite. You go to YouTube, you're like, how do I win? Because you're dead. You're still on your mat playing Fortnite. That's it. Oh, man, dude, I don't know how to do this one move in this video game, man. Let me just Google it. You're, you're quick to do that. Oh, man, I got to find out about the newest makeup. You're so quick to research when it has nothing to do with the Bible. Once it gets to the gospel and who God is, you're dead. Listen, this word right here is not for you if you don't care because you're not going to get it. But listen, I would encourage you to care because here's the thing. Nothing else is going to help you in this world live for God but what God said. So if you're saying I'm in sin, it's because you're not listening to what God said. If you're saying I'm still struggling, it's because you're not listening to what God said. And some of you, I'm sorry for my language, right? No, I'm not going to joke. You're foolish. You're stupid. That's it. Because you're saying I'm in sin, but then you're not reading the Bible that helps us find out how not to be in sin. Then when the Bible is being read to you, you start getting distracted. You start thinking, man, dude, this really doesn't matter. But we can watch a movie for three hours. But yeah, we can, we can literally play Fortnite for tw literally 12 hours. Like, dude, wake up. Wake up. Y'all are some backslidden kids. Wake up. This is not a game. Jesus literally said, gouge out your eyes and cut off your hand. And you're literally probably thinking about what you're going to eat when you get home. Yeah, yeah, it's true because you're a sinner. Repent. Freaking, this is crazy. This is crazy. If Jesus was in this room, you think he'd be playing patty cake with you? No, he'd be calling you to repentance. This doesn't matter, right? And if, if some of you guys feel offended, you should. Because I've talked to some of you. And some of you guys are just like that man on his mat. And you haven't decided to walk. And you know what you're doing? You're complaining about going to church. You're not going to like church. You're not going to like reading the Bible if you haven't started walking, following Jesus. So please, right? If you are here and you just came, right, to hear the word of God, open your ears and listen. If your mama forced you here, if your daddy forced you here, tell them that forced me to go to some other church because this church kind of hurts my feelings. and tells me I'm backslidden. Okay? So this is a church where you grow to become a disciple. If you're not into that and not into that, there's another youth group at New Life. There's another, no problem in New Life. There's another youth group there. There's Belmont Assembly. I came from there. There's another other churches. This isn't the only church here. If you want to learn how to just uh, be a good person here and not a disciple, listen, there's other churches. Please pay attention, okay? Stop, stop. Listen to the word of God. Maybe it might help you, okay? So right here, Jesus, okay, was working when someone told him not to. And you know what he says? What is his defense? He says his father is always working. 
So guess what? While you're being lazy, while you're stuck on your mat, guess who's working? God. Because guess what? He trusted this earth to us, the most pitiful people to trust the world to, but he did it because he's faithful. So while you have the gospel, the, beautiful, the most beautiful gem ever, and you're just hiding it, not telling anybody, knowing you've been healed, guess what is happening? God's working. But guess what? Jesus is working too, and what you should you be doing? Working. Can you turn to 1 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9? And this is the thing. Christianity is not a lazy religion. Listen, Christianity is not, it's not sitting on your butt saying, hey, man, can't wait to go to youth group. They got video games. They got this. Can't wait to go home and just do whatever I am. I'm so good being a Christian, and you're just never doing anything, anything for God. Guess what God calls us, right? This is what, this is what Paul says uh, that God calls us to do, right? So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God. So you may work, you may work, you may do this, but it's God who grows because he's always working. God who makes things grow, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. So guess what? You're thinking, why would I spend 60 to 70 years uh, living for Jesus? Why would I do that? It's because you have an eternity of rewards. If you only did three things for Jesus, your eternity is going to be pretty boring. You're going to have no rewards. You're going to do nothing because you did not labor. You were, in a late, you were a lazy Christian that just because you were 14, 15, you thought I could put sports before God. Uh, just because you got married and you had a great job and a career, you thought I could put my career before God. Trust me, there's Christians like you that grow up. They don't get better when they grow up. They get more lazy. They put more things before God. But guess what right here? Christians that put God first, right, and do things, they're not going to have a 60 to 70 year of riches. They're not going to have a kingdom here. They're going to have a kingdom in heaven. They're going to have a kingdom. Yes, God is going to share his kingdom with people. What do you think, heaven? You think heaven is just where people go and they get wings and they start flying and become an angel? Guess what? When people die, you know they're in heaven. They're not thinking about you. They're in heaven. They're in God's happiness. You know what they're doing? They're enjoying the riches of heaven. Their labor, what they've labored for, not that they worked for, to gain the gospel, but they worked with God. And the gospel benefited them so much. So right here, they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. Go to the next verse, please, sir. You are God's field, God's building. Everything goes back to God. God is working. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you're stuck on your mat... Like, that, like the man was, right, instead of saying, yes, I want to be healed and walking, you're probably doing nothing. And this is not a discouragement to some people that have been coming, just came here like the second time or the first time, but take it as an encouragement. You came to a church that's willing to tell you, you can't just come to church and be good. That doesn't make you better. A lot of churches like to tell you if you come to church and just do the religious thing, you're good just to get attendance. That's the key. That's what they do. You don't believe that? Guess what? I've been to Bible college. I've heard people. This is what they think. But we're actually supposed to be called. Eric, you're called to work where God has called you. Jeremiah, you're called to work where God has called you. Karina, Jorge, Libni, you're in God's field. You are God's field and God's building doing God's service. You see, the Pharisees weren't working. They weren't. They were using the religious traditions, all these things. But God, right, is working. The people that were literally going to that pool trying to find better things, they weren't working either. If you want to know more about the work of God, you got to open up the book, the book of God, the word of God. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. 
If I can have everyone stand up and uh, Stephanie, please come up to the mic. This message is not meant for you to just walk away and never heard anything. If you don't understand it, it's as simple as this. Come to one of us, one of us leaders after and we will explain it to you bit by bit. But if you claim to believe in Jesus and you're still not healed, you're still not healed. You're still dealing with the same sin. You're still, matter of fact, timid. You're scared. You don't want to live for Jesus. You're afraid of giving up things for the world. You're afraid of your mat, your stinky old mat, giving it up. This altar calls for you. But for those that have been healed, that still aren't looking for that one person, they're still chilling with their friends. They're still saying, hey, man, I'm going to stick with my friends. I'm going to stay preaching to the same people. And then we're just going to be friends. We're going to be a little click. Get out your click. Get out your 99. Go for the one. Search out. Be, be active. Jesus was going to a bad place. People, it wasn't at the festival. He wasn't going to the festival. He was going to a place outside the festival. He was going to places where there was paralyzed, the poor, the lame. Go to your school. Find the people, not the people that are like the best and they're, do you think they might be close to being saved? No, find the person that you think is the worst. Go up to him. Preach to him. Tell him about Elevate. Tell him about what God's done in your life. Tell him about the one who has healed you and told you to get up and you're able to walk. Tell him. This is an issue when literally Jesus is talking to us and he's telling us, hey, if you stumble, gouge out your eyes. And I look at some of you guys who have been stumbling and you're stumbling so much and you're not scared to stumble. Matter of fact, you live in the stumble zone and you just don't care. That's an issue. So listen, if you are stumbling, if you have been healed and you just haven't repented, you're like, man... Going to church makes me feel happy, a temporary healing. If you're saying that, right, if you're in sin and you go to church and it makes you feel happy, and when you go home, you're still happy but still sinning, that's a temporary healing. Straight up. You need to get out of that religious mindset. If you're saying, hey, man, you know what? I don't need to go to church, really. I can smoke some weed, be cool with my friends, and that's all I need in life. You need to repent. That's not what we're talking about here. Okay, this type of healing, it doesn't just make you happy. Okay? It doesn't just fix you up. Yes, you can go up to people. I want to I let you guys, you can go up to people and tell them to be healed. In Jesus' name, they can be healed. That's what God said. But listen, some of us have been in church and we, we've done the thing, but we're still not healed. And that's because you haven't gone to Christ. So what I'm saying is if you've gone to church, you've been in church your whole life, right? And you're like, you know, just not living for Jesus. This healing is for you. Even though you can walk. Even though you can run, even though you can, you know, quote some Bible verses or whatever, this healing's for you. Jesus came to heal us of a sinful heart and give us a new healthy heart that responds to him, that loves him. If I can have my altar workers up here. So listen, with all eyes closed, heads bowed, listen, I tell you this because I love you. Jesus, don't get mad at me for what Jesus said, right? And if you do, I, I mean, I understand, but Jesus... That is so powerful. If we could put that verse up there, don't, don't, don't look up yet. If we could put that verse up there, Matthew, the verse of Matthew. This is the severity of stumbling and not being healed, right? Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. What makes you stumble? You're saying you're healed, but what's making you stumble? What's making you stumble? Cut it off. Cut it off. Literally picture it in your mind. 
whatever is causing you to stumble and cut it off. What is interrupting your walk with Jesus? Cut it off. Gouge it out. Has no importance. It will send you to hell. Lord God, I pray for everyone here in Jesus that heard the word, Lord. And, and I know, God, that many people are there in different levels of comprehension, different levels of understanding. But, God, you've made the word so simple, Lord. You said to the man to get up and walk, and he was able to walk, Lord. So I pray right now that you speak to everyone's spirit and everyone's heart, God. And you would tell them to get up and walk. And that they would hear you and respond, God. I pray, Lord, that they would not think about it. They would not hesitate, Lord. But they would be quick to leave their life of sin. And I pray for those, God, that have got enough to walk. But they have not yet told anyone about their healer. They have not yet told anyone about you, Jesus. I pray that they would be given the boldness that your spirit would be with them and encourage them to tell people in a joyful way about the works of God and what, they've done, what you've done in their lives, Lord. So, Lord, just convict hearts, God, and speak to them in Jesus' name. Amen.